Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Today we've got a crazy story of a step monster trying to take over somebody else's celebration. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, my mom and her toxic husband. So over the weekend, my mom and her husband decided to pack everything up and move halfway across the country with everything they had bungee corded into the back of their pickup with barely any money to work with on their way near where we live. They called me, 31-year-old male, an hour away asking to stay without warning. I said yes, since it was late and they had no money for a hotel room and were waiting for Monday for the pawn shops to open so my mom could pawn her ring and whatever else they could to make it the rest of the way. My girlfriend, 37-year-old female, had to take my mom's husband to the hospital at midnight since he couldn't find his asthma medicine since they packed everything every which way on the truck and she had to go pick him up two hours later after being released. On Sunday, he asked me if they could stay for two weeks without my girlfriend around, which I found to be very rude and underhanded of him. I told him he needs to talk to her because it isn't my decision to make. After discussing it with her, she had to talk to her mom about it. She owns the house we live in and pay her rent. She said they had to leave by the time the pawn shops close on Monday, since they didn't call beforehand to set it up to stay any longer than that. Before anyone asks, they offer to pay $300 and get $100 in groceries with money they don't have. He doesn't start his new job until two weeks from now. This isn't the first time they've done this with me for the last six years, while bouncing between states and jobs with no funds to work with. When they were told this, the mood shifted and the gaslighting started. Mom said, fine, we won't be a burden on you and refuse to eat. She does this when she's upset. Her husband then proceeded to ask if he could talk to my girlfriend's mom and try to convince her. Monday comes around, and while my girlfriend's at work, he calls her and starts going off on her, saying she probably didn't even try convincing her mom in the first place, and again stated if he tried talking to her, he could try convincing her. He did all this screaming over the phone around her co-workers, throwing the fact that when we went to visit them last year, they could have been kicked out of the hotel room they were staying in long term. Ever since we lost the apartment in 2017, that's been a constant thing for them. When they offered to have us stay so we didn't have to worry about expenses of a hotel room for ourselves, we were going to a convention in the same city they were in, I came home to see they were gone. Tuesday gets here, and on my way home from work, I get a phone call from an unknown number, but I knew who it was. TH is toxic husband, me is, well, me obviously. This is roughly how the conversation went. I said, hello? Toxic husband said, hey, you know who this is, right? I said, yeah, I know who this is. Toxic husband said, your mother doesn't know I'm calling you. Do you think there's any way you can convince her mom to let us stay there? Because we already pawned what we could and we won't have enough money to keep the hotel room another night. 
I said, I already told you it isn't my decision. If she said no, then it's no. They said, well, we won't have anywhere to stay and your mother will end up sleeping in the truck. Me thinking in my head, yeah, and I've slept in an abandoned cemetery in the middle of December in a tent to get away from you. I'm sorry, toxic husband, but I can't make the final call. It isn't my decision to make. They said, has your mother ever abandoned you? No. Has she always been there for you? Yes. So the least you can do is let her stay there. I said, I'm sorry, but again, it isn't my decision, and I don't appreciate you going off on my girlfriend like a scalded dog. You had no right doing that to her. They said, I'll go off on whoever I want, and I don't care if you like it or not. I can do whatever I want regardless if it makes you mad. Me thinking in my head, yes, you can, but it doesn't mean you are absolved of the repercussions of your actions. I said, all right, if you don't care, click. I haven't heard from either of them since. This has been a routine thing with them, and I'm exhausted from dealing with this and his BS for the last 12 years. He's been more or less out of my life the last 6 years, and I refuse to deal with it anymore. If it comes down to it, I'll cut both of them out. Complete scorched earth. I shouldn't have to deal with his drama, toxicity, or gaslighting. His failure to take care of himself and her is not my priority. I'm sorry this is very long and drawn out, but it's my first time posting anything like this on here and I really needed to get it out. I hope Hugo's owner gets to see this. Have a wonderful rest of your week and don't let anyone toxic or entitled control your life or guilt trip you. Now I definitely don't think it's a bad thing to be a dysfunctional person, but when you're trying to push that onto other people and try to make them account for your dysfunction and, you know, lack of planning and organization, that just sucks, especially when they're trying to use that emotional manipulation where it's like, we're your parents or oh it's your mother. Even though we collectively chose to screw up this bad, are you really going to let her suffer for that? Well, you kinda reap what you sow, right? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you can't get enough of hearing about these entitled parents, want to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, does anyone else have parents who completely change whole conversations and even make things up? Like, you say one thing and they hear something else? My mother in particular does this with darn near every conversation we have. She just hears what she wants to hear. Today, for example, I had an annual review with a psychiatrist. I won't go into detail, but he said it sounds like I have a type of trauma too, small traumas over a long period of time, and what I've recently been experiencing are flashbacks due to a big change in living situation. I also have quiet BPD diagnosed some years ago. He agreed to refer me back to my GP and try a different SSRI, as the two I've tried already haven't worked at all. You'll also make a counseling referral for trauma-based therapy. What my mother heard was, I don't have BPD anymore, I have PTSD, and all my meds will need to be binned. I labored the point to her that this was not any kind of diagnosis, and that a lot more work will need to be done to uncover what's been going on in my head the past six months. So, I don't know how she came to such a conclusion from what I said to her. Her partner just texted me asking, How do you feel about your new diagnosis? And I had zero idea of what the heck he was talking about until he told me what my mom had apparently said to him. She does this all the time, even with a mundane conversation about the weather. She'll flat out make up or totally change what I've said to her. I cannot trust her whatsoever, as she seems to live in a world of her own creation. The version of me she talks to her friends and family about simply doesn't exist. Just recently, I've had family ask me things like, How was your weekend away with your mom, when no such weekend happened? 
She both completely misinterprets things I say and flat out makes things up. It makes me want to distance myself from her, as oftentimes I think she causes trouble, even if she doesn't mean to, by spreading this weird version of things to people. I don't know what she stands to gain from making this stuff up, or if she just doesn't have very good listening skills. She never took an interest in me whatsoever growing up, and has retired in the past two years or so, and as I'm an only child, she seems more focused on me now, so it's gotten worse. Growing up, I used to think she made things up to save herself the embarrassment of admitting she basically didn't know anything about me, but now I've observed it's literally all the time. Even just between driving from my house to her home, she completely misinterpreted what I've said and inserted a few major errors, like a whole misdiagnosis, that completely changes the whole conversation. It's not some small thing like, was the table green or blue? She changes huge details. Does anyone else have family that does this? Does anyone know why she may do this or even if it's a conscious thing? I'm definitely no expert here, I'm definitely no professional and I definitely couldn't diagnose anybody's line of thinking. Does anybody think it could be like stress based? You know, maybe they're anxious or worried and it allows them to twist things up. Honestly, there could be a million reasons whether it's a condition they have or if it's something they're intentionally doing for some reason in some malicious way, who knows. Our next story is, I believe my parents resent me for starting my own family. I had somewhat of a revelation this weekend. I'm still processing how I feel about it and considering if I should confront my parents. Anyways, here it is. I believe my parents resent me for starting my own family. I, 40 year old male, come from a big family. I'm the second oldest of nine kids. My oldest sister Jane is just a year older than me. There's a six year gap between me and the next sibling, then my mom had a kid every two to three years. Since Jane and I were the oldest, we always helped with the little kids and the chores around the house. In fact, it was common for my parents and other adults to refer to us as Jane and OP and the kids. It's like Jane and I were not considered children, it's more like we were two other adults living in the house. We were homeschooled so we were home all the time. Part of my job is that I would wake up, make breakfast for the kids, then get them started with their school or activities before I started my own schoolwork. Jane would sleep in because she was more of a night owl and it was her job to help at night with the baby, because there was always a baby. Jane and I did most of the chores around the house. We took turns either cleaning the kitchen or doing the laundry, of which there was a lot. I did all the guy stuff like mowing the yard and taking out the trash. As I got older, I would delegate some of these chores to my younger brothers, but it was still my responsibility to make sure it got done. Once I was old enough to drive, I would run errands and take the kids everywhere. I can't tell you how many times I would take the kids to things like playdates or doctor's appointments. I would often tuck the kids in bed and tell them stories. To me, all these things were all just normal, but looking back on it, I was more like a second dad to the kids than a brother. Jane and I did have a lot of freedom as teenagers to go out with our friends, if the chores were done. We didn't have cell phones back then. If we wanted to go out, we would just tell our parents we were going and they didn't care, as long as we were back by the next morning. I moved out when I was 20, but I still spent a lot of time at my parents, and one of my younger siblings was almost always at my house. One brother, JJ, pretty much lived with me since he was 14 because he and our mom didn't get along. When JJ was 17, he got in a wreck, and he called me instead of calling dad because I was just the one who handled those kinds of things. During all of this time, my parents always talked about how important it was for Jane and I to help with the kids, 
because they were so busy with their ministry. I can't count how many times I had to drop what I was doing to take care of something because mom and dad were counseling someone. Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. I hope I painted an accurate picture of my childhood. Let's move on. I hadn't really dated much, but when I was 25, I met and started dating Anne. We fell in love fast and got married less than a year later. My younger siblings love Anne. She is a great cook and hostess. Our house became the hangout spot. My younger siblings started calling her Mama Anne, something they still do to this day. We've now been married 15 years and have two kids of our own. My mom and Jane did not like Anne. Jane and Anne get along okay now, but Anne and my mom do not have a good relationship. I never understood why, but I think I've finally figured out it's because they see it as Anne having taken me away. As Anne and I focused on our relationship and started a family, I spent less and less time doing things for my parents. My dad liked Anne at first, but over the past few years, their relationship has soured. Throughout the years, my dad has made comments to me about keeping up my responsibilities. One time he called me about one of the younger kids who had gotten in a fight with my mom and said, you better get your brother and change his attitude. It's not okay how he treated your mom and you're going to make him apologize. A few years ago, Anne and I set some boundaries with my parents, telling them we were not going to raise or discipline their kids. Our home is always open to my siblings, but we no longer let my parents try and use us to straighten them up. My parents have not taken this well. About a year ago, Anne injured her foot and couldn't walk for a while. Just as she was getting better, I was diagnosed with kidney disease, which then turned into kidney failure. I've had several surgeries with another one coming in a few weeks. It's been a rough year. During this time, my parents have not only refused to help, they've actively made things harder for us. Things like promising to help with our kids but then canceling at the last minute, usually because something ministry related came up. Recently, my sister-in-law, who lives in another state, had a baby, and my mom's been staying with her and helping for the past six weeks. My sister-in-law said that mom is a godsend and is so wonderful. My dad's gone to help every weekend. This hurts me because my mom wouldn't give us a single night to help with our youngest when he was born. Anyway, I'm sorry this post has turned out longer than I thought it would. I needed to get some of this off my chest. This weekend, I was talking to another sister and telling her how I don't understand why mom and dad don't treat me like they do the rest of the kids, even Jane. It's like I'm not one of their children. And it just kind of hit me that they resent me for getting married and starting my own family and leaving them to raise their own kids. Part of me is relieved to finally realize why they treat me like they do and part of me is sad. I'm kind of scared about this upcoming surgery and I really wish I had a parent I could talk to about it. But I don't feel like I have parents, just some people that I co-parented my siblings with. Being the oldest kid and having this expectation placed on you that you need to carry a lot of their workload, to me it almost sounds like maybe they just forgot the whole concept of you being their kid. Like you were never given time in their eyes and in their minds to be that kid. You just became somebody that was convenient to have around and help with the child rearing. It's incredibly sad to think about. Our next story is, Step Monster Tried to Hijack Our Baby Shower. I mentioned in my last post that I was thinking about sharing some stories before I finally got a restraining order against my lovely stepmother and went no contact with my father. Though there are plenty worth writing about, I'll start with one of my sister's favorites. All names are fake. My fiance Jane found out she was pregnant and 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. June 2021, and we announced it to our immediate families in August. At first, stepmother was completely uninterested in our baby. Not that I expected much from the woman whose reaction to our pregnancy announcement was to ask Jane if she was sure it was mine. Even my dad berated her for that one, but she barely seemed to acknowledge the fact that we were expecting. Instead, she was more interested in my stepbrother, who was also engaged, and would give her beautiful grandbabies soon. No complaints, we didn't want her involved, and we didn't even have to say anything. Planning our baby shower was complicated. Both me and Jane would have to work until the holidays, and I wanted to be involved. The due date was in February 2022 so we decided on early January as the best period of time. We enlisted two people as planners, my sister Laura, just realized I'd never given her a name, and Jane's best friend Nina. Me and Jane are mostly laid-back people. We didn't want a big party, nor did we want to spend too much money on it. We were saving for both our baby and the wedding. We decided early on that the shower would be a co-ed. It would also have to be indoors, again, January and we settled on a guest list of 25 people, plus about a dozen kids. We came up with the idea of a pizza party. Me, Jane, and Luke, my brother-in-law slash surrogate son, have had homemade pizza nights weekly since I moved in, and we thought it would be fun to incorporate that into the shower. Nina found an event venue with a pizza oven, and Laura figured out ways to incorporate classic baby shower stuff into the theme. The resulting plans were awesome. Make your own pizzas, non-alcoholic drinks, and plain bodysuits for the kids to customize. Nina and Laura mixed pizza decor with baby decor and found pizza-shaped sweets. It almost seemed messy and I was surprised they made it work, but we loved it. Most of the planning was finished by the middle of November. Well, later that month, my stepbrother's fiance left him for her ex. They'd been together for four years at that point, and it was both sudden and traumatizing for him. He was devastated. Step Monster then realized the grandkids she dreamed of would take longer to come than she'd thought, so naturally, without her son's milestones to obsess over, she moved on to mine. Suddenly, Step Monster went from aloof relative to excited grandma-to-be. Facebook posts, tacky, promoted to Nana shirts, the whole nine. At first, we were too busy finishing things up at work and getting ready for the holidays to worry about that. But it didn't take long for her to start pestering us about planning the baby shower, as well as a gender reveal. We denied the possibility of a gender reveal party. No offense to those who like them, but we don't. Plus, we had decided to wait until birth to find out the sex. Step Monster tried to get us to find out and tell her as a Christmas present, but we didn't. We also denied her the baby shower. She told my father and he told Laura into letting stepmother help out with the plans. She was still living with them at the time, so she didn't have much of a choice. She called Nina, and they met Stepmonster for coffee. Though I wasn't there for that meeting, Laura told me what happened later. Before they could even mention their plans, Stepmonster started talking about hers. According to Laura, she pulled a shockingly thick binder, complete with the words, Oh baby, on the cover, colorful tabs and pieces of fabric poking out, from her bag and skipped to the shower section. It was short compared to the rest of the binder, but still long, and it was all to describe her one and only baby shower project. Laura sent me pictures, 
And oh boy. I'll give her this, it looked like the most Instagrammable baby shower ever. That being said, it was also barely functional and obviously expensive. There were balloons, oversized teddy bears, giant alphabet blocks and cringeworthy signs everywhere. Stepmonster was going for pretty over cozy. With uncomfortable chairs and some fancy food ideas that didn't look edible, most of them had soft cheeses which Jane couldn't eat. The color palette was just three different shades of pink with gold accents. We'd be fine with a pink baby shower if it at least tried to mix things up a little, but Stepmonster's pictures looked like Barbie had puked all over Hello Kitty's birthday party. When Nina tried to remind her that we didn't know the sex, Stepmonster said she just knew that it was a girl. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Stepmonster also wanted an all-female, child-free party with fancy caterers and alcohol. She had written down a guest suggestion list containing some of her closest friends, neither mine nor Jane's moms were on it, and planned party games no one had any interest in trying out. Basically the only thing everyone could agree on was to hold the party indoors. Laura and Nina weren't given an opportunity to show her their plans until she was done. Once they could, they explained that while they could find a way to incorporate some of Stepmonster's ideas, they'd already settled on the pizza theme. She tried to protest, but Laura stated that it was kind of them to even offer that, as the shower was a month away and we'd already greenlit their plans. Stepmonster even called me to try to get them to change their minds, but I just repeated their words. My dad had found out he couldn't come to the shower, so he didn't get a say in anything anymore. The holidays came around, and the subject was dropped. Stepmonster seemed to be okay with the pizza party. Nina managed to pair some of the pink decor she wanted with matching blue stuff and even added one of the huge teddy bears. Fast forward to a week before the shower, Jane was almost 8 months pregnant. Everything had been bought, all guests had RSVP'd, and had pretty much everything was ready to go. The shower was set to start at 7pm. Stepmonster offered to get to the venue earlier to prepare everything. Laura agreed mostly because she knew Stepmonster would complain if she didn't get to do anything and the venue even let them drop off their decorations before the party. Me and Jane promised to get there at 6. Two days before the shower, however, the venue called Nina. They told her that Stepmonster had stopped by to drop off large, heavy boxes of what she called a little surprise for us. She informed them that she planned on showing up at 3.30pm to start setting it up. They were calling to reinforce that the venue was only booked past 4pm, since Stepmonster almost threw a tantrum when told that. All of the decor was at Nina's place, so she called Laura to check if they'd left anything with Stepmonster. Thankfully my sister is both smart and used to this crap, so she drove to the venue the next day and asked to see her boxes. She told me that she wasn't even surprised at its contents when she opened them, but was still shocked at Stepmonster's audacity. All of the boxes were filled with pink, frilly decorations. Some of them seemed to be the exact same items Stepmonster had initially shown Laura and Nina. The signs, the balloons, the placemats, everything. Laura realized that's why Stepmonster intended to get to the venue earlier, to set up the baby shower she'd planned and pretty much force us all to party in Barbie heck with her. She called Nina to figure out what to do. Neither of them could come at 4pm, so it was almost inevitable for Stepmonster to get her way. The most obvious solution they came up with was to throw everything away, but Laura had a better idea. That night they called me and Jane. Hey, 
Want to destroy a party in two hours? Laura got home and invited Stepmonster to go to a salon with her, lying about coupons. Stepmonster agreed and they planned on going right after Stepmonster was preparing the baby shower. At 4pm the next day, Stepmonster got to the venue. She was done setting up things by 5, I'll admit the woman is fast, and quickly left to meet Laura at the salon. Once they were together, Laura texted Nina that the coast was clear. At that, me, Jane, and Nina went to the venue. Sure enough, Stepmonster had prepared her party. To make this shorter, I won't describe it, but I will say it was so pink it almost gave Jane nausea. For the next two hours, Laura distracted Stepmonster at the salon, while the three of us quickly took down every piece of decor Stepmonster had put up and replaced it with the pizza party stuff. We set up the activities, made up the tables, and put every pink item we found back in Stepmonster's boxes. It was actually really fun. We were only done minutes before the shower started. A handful of guests arrived before Stepmonster did, so I barely saw her all night. Laura told me that when they got there, Stepmonster's jaw dropped as she tried to make sense of what had happened to all her pink decor. My sister just smiled, whispered, nice try, in her ear, and went to help Luke customize a bodysuit. Overall, the baby shower was everything we'd hoped for. Our friends were there, people had fun, and we had a ton of pizza. So I didn't really care that Stepmonster spent the whole party literally sulking in the corner. Nina did catch her trying to put little pink bows on top of the cupcakes, but she quickly shut that down. I gave Laura and Nina full credit for saving the day. Stepmonster's interests in our baby quickly died after that. She stopped wearing her Nana shirts, didn't come to see us at the hospital when he was born, and refused to even acknowledge that he was a boy until she met him weeks later. Up until we went no contact, she was a very loose definition of the word grandmother. I couldn't be more grateful my son will never know her. Honestly, I think she got off light here, not being shamed for what they did publicly. And honestly, yeah, it's for the best that they cut them off and moved away. Who wants somebody like that around that's going to sabotage somebody else's special day because they want to have their own version? Our next story is, My Mother's Husband Acts Like He Has Rights to See My Daughter, Part 2. So this is Part 2 and this is mostly the vent. So, Stepmonster has really crossed a line. A long time ago, I blocked him on all my socials and phone numbers. My cousin who's friends with him on Facebook, keep in mind, she's on my side. She screenshotted a post of his and sent it to me on Facebook Messenger. He was encouraging people to call CPS on me because I'm unstable and unfit. He leaked my phone number so I'm trying to go get it changed. I have people blowing up my phone with phone calls and messages. Is there any legal action I can charge him for leaking my number? Before I went to the magistrate to try to get a protective order, and they said there's not enough evidence that I need a protective order, now I have to go through the hassle of getting my number changed. I told my mother straight up, he is not to post about me anymore. He's not to try to contact people to communicate to me for him. Do not bring him up around me. No more communicating for him and no communication from him. I'm so mad because my phone number was personal. I changed it before. Also, I found out how he got my phone number. A family member gave it to him. My sister and cousin gave me a heads up that CPS may visit my house. How should I prepare for CPS? I always have a clean house. It may not be spotless, but it's pretty clean. I even have any medications put away and important papers in one place. 
So, can anyone who had experience with CPS or is a CPS social worker tell me how I can combat this? Because now he's escalating and coming for my family. I don't understand how someone's so evil. Because he's not getting his way, he's acting like a man baby having a toddler tantrum. He has no control and it's driving him crazy. So, I gave my mother an ultimatum. Either she puts a stop to him and his antics, or she won't be seeing me or my daughter again. If need be, I'll even offer her a divorce lawyer. So I told her to put a stop to him or suffer the consequences. My stepdad is such an entitled narcissist. I despise him. I'll update on my mother's choice because she hasn't made one yet. I gave her a deadline of 24 hours to make a decision. I'm not playing games anymore. You mess with me and my family, you'll get the horns. Mess with the bull, you'll get the horns. This is just so incredibly sad that because this person is mental, you have to worry about dealing with CPS. I think as far as that goes, OP's pretty much on the right track. I would think you obviously want to try to make sure your house is in good looking, clean condition. You definitely want to make sure if you have such things as maybe firearms or medication, that those are properly locked up like OP said. I'd imagine you'd want to look like you have preparations as far as like food goes, if your kids are in diapers, having something for that maybe. Honestly, I think as long as everything seems relatively reasonable, they shouldn't like just yank your kid away from you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy entitled parent story, check out the video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.